love that intro. Hello and welcome in. So good. This special edition of the Golf Channel podcast with Rex and Lavin. Folks, order, as I predicted, has been restored to this player's championship. Scotty Scheffler, just one bogey during what was a third round 65 to take a two-shot lead at TPC Sawgrass over Minwoo Lee, four-shot lead over Cam Davis, folks like Tommy Fleetwood, Aaron Rye, Chad Ramey, Christian Bezadenhut, all in the mix. But they're going to need a very low round on Sunday to chase down the world number two, looking to get back to world number one. And Rex, boy, Scotty Sheffield, this would be his sixth title in the past 13 months. And all of them, all of them have either been a major or a tournament that has now been bestowed with this designated status on the PGA Tour. This guy has definitely supplanted Brooks Kepka as the game's preeminent big game hunter. There's no doubt about it. You're, you're telling me you want to do, instead of designated events, let's call them Scotty events? Like, you Scotty really events. want to win a Scotty events. Like, that, those are the ones you want to win. No, it, it, you're, good, you're, you're going to have to go through him to win it. There's no doubt about it. Absolutely. And it's funny. We were just, I was just on live from, with Todd Lewis, and we had a producer ask, like, what, what, what does the – is it is it or is it humble that I'm sitting in the dark with Todd Lewis late into the night, lonely as can be? Um, what, what are players saying? What are his fellow players saying about the idea that when you see him on top of that leaderboard, is it – you know, you never want to compare anyone to Tiger, but what does that send – what message is that sending to the field? And honestly, he's such a nice guy, and he's so humble and soft-spoken, and he's never going to go out and flex himself. However, I have to believe at this point, after everything he's done over the last 13 months, if you pointed out, it's starting to have that sort of feeling that it resonates, that as soon as you do see his name and you know he's playing well, yes, I, I'm going to take notice of that, and you're going to file that away that, okay, I've got to probably, probably play better than I would have otherwise. I think the only thing that if you're a pursuer of Scotty Shuffler heading into the final round on Sunday, I think you first look at the forecast – I uh, don't have Burko on this, but I believe winds are supposed to forecast between 15 and 25 mm-hmm. miles an hour on Sunday afternoon. That could get a little bit dicey on a golf course, Rex, as, as you and I know. Like, there is trouble lurking everywhere. There is a two-shot penalty on almost every single hole. So I think that would certainly give uh, some of the pursuers some hope. Maybe you get in uh, around and post early uh, and wait for some calamity, which we all know can happen around this golf course. And secondly, Scotty Scheffler's record with a 54-hole lead is not great. I'm not sure anyone's record with a 54-hole lead is great in this post-Tiger era, but he is two for six. Uh, I think most recently the Tour Championship, uh, folks are going to remember last August, six-shot lead, uh, squandered that a one away to Roy McIlroy. You have some thoughts. You have some thoughts, Rex, about the uh, chasing pack and how this isn't necessarily Roy McIlroy breathing down his neck. I had a line when Todd Lewis, again, humble brag, asked me that on live from tonight because he brought up the same thing. He's two for six. The last time being East Lake in my line was Rory McIlroy is not walking through that door, that he's not even around for the weekend here at the Players' <laughs> Championship. And, and that's so disrespectful to all the players that you mean. Min Lee, a top 50 player in the world, trying to lock yes. up his master's invite. If not Absolutely. $4.5 million at a five-year tour exemption. And let's go down the list, and we can sit here and talk about all the great players who are behind him. However, combined, the next six players don't have as many tour victories as Scotty does, and they certainly don't have any major championships among them. I, I just think in this particular case, and you're right, what happened at Eastlake is probably in the back of his mind. I don't know how you ignore that going into tomorrow, simply because we kind of had written it off at the tour championship that, oh, this is his to win. He's definitely going to get it done. And yet he doesn't. So that, that's always going to be back there. But man, 
he's hitting the ball so well. You and I both had the opportunity to talk to his swing coach, Randy Smith, after the round. And keep in mind, this is right after the round. So Scotty is still signing his scorecard. He hadn't even had a chance to talk with Scotty, and he knew he was going to the range because of all the numbers Scotty posted today. 65, two-stroke lead, seventh, seventh in stroke scan off the tee. There was only three numbers that really mattered. He hit three tee shots that went left, and that's three too many for Scotty. Randy said, we're going to the range. I know we're going to the range, and it's because Ted of Scott was literally already there. He was already, he was already waiting with the bag and, and the, and the bag of balls. They knew. And, and again, I, I think you wrote a really good story tonight. Well, I'm assuming. I'm not going to do that. You wrote a story tonight on GolfChannel.com. Maybe it's good. Maybe If I wrote good. it, it was probably good, right? Uh, I don't know about that. That's another home of back. <laughs> but the one thing, and you probably used this quote that Randy said, was he does not accept mediocrity. And he's so soft. My kicker. Yes. And it's such a good quote because he's so soft spoken and he's never going to go out and flex and he's never going to sit and talk about how great he is. But what he's going to do is he's going to show you because of all the things I just said, 65, two stroke lead, all of the other things that the only thing that really matters is you saw him march to the range because he hit three shots. Exactly. Three of those 65 shots didn't do exactly what he wanted to do. That to me is sort of the defining element of a champion. And only one of those shots, Rex, on the fifth hole, uh, when he uh, hit his tee shot, catching the water, led to a drop shot. He actually did well uh, to make bogey on that hole. Otherwise, it was a near flawless round uh, from a ball striking perspective. He is absolutely lapping the field in strokes gained tee to green this week. He's the rare, he might be the rare players champion who actually uh, wins the golf tournament while losing strokes to the field on the Putty. greens. This has just been yeah. a, a ball striking clinic uh, from start to finish. Did you? Do you think that's like concerning that he went to the range? Like my mind immediately went back, Rex, to the Masters, right? Like Scotty Scheffler had a big lead after 54 holes, and there they were under the lights at the tournament practice area at Augusta National. I remember Paul McGinley on live from saying like he didn't like the fact that they were working through things. Uh, to me, it, it's it's almost like Scotty Scheffler goes to the range to debrief, to 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 decompress, to kind of flush the system. He's he, he, his, his swing is clearly grooved. Now, he may have a minor issue uh, that they needed to work out. With Brilliant. The misses. It's what but, Randy uh, told us. Brilliant. Yeah. He's, how, how's he swinging it? Brilliant was the word he used. But it's almost like a light gym session at the end of the day. Like, he goes cycling for 30 minutes to just kind of cleanse the system and end the day on a good note. I, I To me, it, it didn't at all signal any sort of worry or potential trepidation for the final round. Do you kind of have the same vibe? Absolutely. And I, I think this is the danger that we always get in that the fact that he went and went to the range and tried to do this. I think you're absolutely right. If you probably look more times than not, he goes to the range after a round round, good round, bad round in contention, not in contention. You're right. This is probably just how he relaxes. This is his Zen moment before he goes to the hotel and goes to sleep for the night. I, I read nothing else into it other than three bad shots, 65, three of them didn't do exactly what he wanted him to do. How about the chasing pack, Brett? You had Ben Wulu, 24-year-old. 20, uh, his lone win on the DP World Tour came uh, just a couple years ago at the Scottish Open, won in a playoff against Matt Fitzpatrick and I believe Thomas Dietrich. A uh, very good player, uh, top 50 player in the world, as I mentioned, trying to lock up a Masters berth uh, with a high finish here, so he clearly has some other things on his mind. I guess when you're looking ahead to the final round, uh, I don't love the fact that his iron play has not been strong. You think about what skill set you need to have on this golf course and as we've seen over the past 50 some odd years you can do it myriad different ways right like you can 
do it hitting every fairway like Fred Funk. You can do it missing every fairway like Cam Smith. Uh, But to me, if you're going to excel in one area, it's iron play. And through three rounds at least, uh, Min Woo Lee uh, has not performed well with his irons. And to me, that scares me because when the winds pick up in the final round, as they are forecast to do, as I mentioned, you better be hitting that thing on the absolute screws. And the fact that Min Woo Lee right now is not uh, gives me a little bit of pause, uh, even though he did shoot 66 uh, on Saturday uh, to get squarely in the mix here. Two shots back. Burko is going to get so mad at you. That's two weather we have We have to bring him in. We have to bring him that, in the next time we are doing this at the that, Masters. That's, that's two too many. You know that's his deal. Like, we don't touch that. We, it, all right, I'm going to peel back. It was literally the, it was literally the like, most perfect weather day possible today. <laughs> 68 degrees, perfectly sunny, uh, light and variable winds. Uh, and he was still it, – it's, it certainly piqued his interest. Uh, no, that's not what you did. You actually sent a text message to all of our group. All, to, to every, what you got there? What you drinking there? Uh, water. Okay, very good. We sent a text message to all of our group. As soon as you saw that he was doing the weather in his first hit, and you could not have been more excited. Like it's, it's <laughs> So peeling back the curtain, we make fun of Burko because what he likes to do is the weather. He doesn't like to do anything else. He really wants to work for the weather channel. He's wasting his skills working for the golf channel. Let's, let's just be honest. Uh, you're right. It, it's going to be difficult tomorrow afternoon, and it's difficult to imagine a universe that somehow Minwoo finds a way to not just win, but you're going to have to win and you're going to have to beat Scotty Scheffler in a monsoon of respect for for Minwoo. And I think he's going to end up earning his tour card, which is a huge accomplishment. And that, I think that's the better story to tell when it comes to him. But again, he's not Rory and this isn't Eastlake and he's not walking through that door. And I, I really have a hard time seeing anybody in that chasing pack. If I had to pick someone, it's going to be Tommy Fleetwood and he's going to have to have a fantastic round and we can sit and talk about Tommy Fleetwood's last 12 months and he hasn't played his best golf and is he comfortable enough on this particular golf course. Those things all factor into it. But when you look down the leaderboard, this goes back to my column on Wednesday. Man, did I get that wrong. Uh, you did get that one wrong. However, on Scotty, the podcast, on Thursday, I predicted that Scotty Sheffield would win this golf tournament on Thursday, and it certainly appears that's going to be the case. I'm with you. Like I don't see a whole lot of, uh, of folks that are going to be scaring Scotty Scheffler. Tommy Fleetwood still is not one in the States, even though he did shoot a brilliant 65. He's really actually rebounded quite nicely. Went out in 39 to begin this golf tournament to, to sit at nine under par uh, right now through what was pretty difficult conditions for the first 36 holes. Certainly impressive. Aaron Rye, 65 on Saturday as well. A captive course by the hole-in-one on the 17th hole. Tom Hoagie, I know you had an opportunity uh, to catch up with him. We, we actually left out, Rex. We actually left out like one of the biggest news items of the day on Friday, which was world number one, John Rom. Uh, now we're going to go back. Yes. We're going to circle no, back around. No, no. So we we're, missed we're not, news. Not, that was 48 hours that. ago, but we're going to do but it. There now. was there was at least a little bit of history on Saturday with Tom Hoagie breaking the the course record on the stadium course at ten under sixty two, which I'm not sure anyone uh, was paying attention to. It, he, he he's he's gone from seventy eight, sixty eight, sixty two. Uh, he's all the way up to T eight, but he virtually has virtually no uh, chance to win this golf term, but I know you did some legwork uh, for a hit that did not appear on live from please uh, enlighten the listeners and the viewers. No, I had a chance to talk to his caddy. Cause I'm always curious in this situation. And look, I don't know if you've ever sat and watched Tom Hoagie play golf. He doesn't show a lot of emotions. He has a little bit of Scotty Scheffler and I, I, and I guess, and I was just curious 
at any point. Was he nervous? Did he look at the leaderboard? Did he realize he was making a bunch of birdies, that he was closing in on 62, which was going to be the course record, which is kind of a big deal on this particular golf course when you consider how difficult it can be. And he said no. It never even came up. Like he actually almost slowed down. That He's normally a kind of – a languid guy anyway, like he's going to move at his own pace. And towards the end, he didn't even get, you know, rushed at all. And actually, as Caddy told me, he hit exactly one bad shot today on number six. And he goes, outside of that, everything else he looked at, everything else he hit was exactly what we had talked about. It was sea ball. It was hit ball. It was like a video game. And that's always amazing to me because we talked about this golf course on Friday where it kind of got the best of the best players in the world. world. Rory missed the cut. John Rom went home. Like it was just a brutal golf course. Projectile vomiting for John Rom. Not uh, a good no, no, it doesn't sound like it at all. I, I and that, yet somehow less than twenty four hours later, you have Tom Hoagie, you know, the pride of North Dakota, going out and shooting a course record because of the one thing I asked his caddy, like, what was the difference? And he goes, he he just drove the ball better. Like on Thursday when he clearly played poorly, he knew. Like, all right, as long as I keep doing what I need to do, he had to cancel not one, but two flights because he obviously had a 2.30 flight on Friday. Now, there's a direct, I guess, an American flight, the direct to Dallas. And so he already had that booked, which is a really bad sign if you're a professional, if you're, you're booking a 2.30 flight on Friday. And then he had the same flight on Saturday, figuring that, okay, we could go long. We, we talk about a, talk about a defeatist attitude. Yes, <laughs> he, had to, he had to cancel not one but two flights, and so now all of a sudden he's in the hunt. No, I, I wouldn't expect him to go back out because it would probably take maybe not a sixty-two, but something certainly in the mid-sixties to be able to catch Scotty. But it, it was a really impressive round. You know who's absolutely loving this Tom Hoagie charge here at the Players Championship? Uh, anyone from North Dakota? No, Charles. Oh, really? Oh, Shatters. you're right. She's, you're Absolutely right. I didn't realize that. Tom Hoagie fan. Uh, Rex, there's always tournaments within the tournaments, right? Like, there's little storylines. And I, I think we can both admit this has not been uh, the most exhilarating players' championship we have ever had. It has been bereft of stars, uh, despite you saying that we're going to have another clash of the Titans here in what is the fifth designated event of the year but like talking to Ricky Fowler today like he's trying to move up he's somewhere like 70th in the world he's trying to make sure he's going to be exempt for the match play in a couple weeks time and then hoping to parlay a good week there uh, to try and get into the Masters and so if Scotty Scheffler runs away with this again I'm not totally convinced that this is going to be a blowout victory just because of the nature of this golf course we remember of course Scotty Scheffler saying uh, that he was uh, weeping uh, in the fetal position uh, ahead of the final round of the Masters. Not sure if he was able to handle all that was going to come uh, down that day at Augusta National. I guess there's still a little bit of uncertainty uh, whether he can close this one out. However, are th- is there anything else along that leaderboard, any sort of springboard effect that you're looking for, whether it's Spieth, Ricky, Cantlay, what have you, uh, that, that, that you kind of have interest in on Sunday? I mean, I think Jordan could definitely make it interesting tomorrow simply because we've seen the best of jordan and the worst of jordan i mean it, that's sort of jordan speed six under right? like, eight shots back yeah like I, I just think in this particular situation no I, I don't particularly think he's going to come back and win this but i think he could do sort of that jordan thing where he goes out and just has one of those special rounds and, and we we can all agree that when he's being jordan i don't think there's anyone in the game that's more entertaining than him like i, I love watching rory play golf i love watching john rom play golf because they do it better than any human does it on the planet right now. And there's a, there's a poetry to that that I enjoy. 
However, there's something to that recklessness that is Jordan Speed that makes him entertaining. I, I'll go out and I'll watch him because you, you never really know. I don't think he's going to be able to win this, but I mean, you, you have to go out and you can at least watch. And the fact that he made the cut, the way he made the cut with, and, and here's the deal, and I think I got fooled by the internet on, on this or maybe someone I was walking with, but someone said that the person he hit on the ninth hole yesterday was a Marine. Uh, is that true? I didn't realize that. Yes. Is a Marine? Really? Yes. All right. D- Jordan, Jordan said it himself. But yeah, I, it certainly seems like the tour has hooked, uh, has hooked that guy up. I'm not sure just at the Players' Championship, potentially something more in the future. They're a little coy on the details. Well, someone said that he asked for an obscene amount of Masters tickets, which was nope. more than 10. Nope, less than you 20. did get. Okay, you got fooled from the internet. I got we're fooled st- by the internet. We're, we're going to stop you there. This is, like, <laughs> this is like when those fake Adam Schefter reports come out Thank of like, you. trades. But it's Thank like you. That's being a good partner. Board. I got I to yep. hand it to you. Yep. We'll so just, I, we'll I don't even. But I'll go back to the when you make the cut, and again, this is part of the conversation that we had earlier about how important the cut is because it adds that that element, that storytelling element to it. For him to make the cut like that, and again, I'm having a hard time spitting these words out to have a chance to win because I don't truly believe that. But for him to have a chance to make it interesting, if he posts something in the mid-60s and gives Scotty something to look at, I, I think that's a beautiful thing. Uh, it is a beautiful thing. Jordan Spieth playing well is always a beautiful thing. I'm certainly buying his stock for the Masters, Rex. I know he has not uh, played his best golf uh, over the past, well, he hasn't won since Hilton Head, um, so it has been a little bit of a dry spell here, but like you get Jordan Spieth, his imagination, uh, his ball striking uh, is certainly trending in the right direction. I actually like the changes that he's made with his putting. He kind of talked about it today after his round. He has a little bit more uh, bend at the impact position. He's trying to use his big muscles more as opposed to getting handsy uh, like he has in the past, he's not. Are we quite doing this the, again? Is this a Victor Hovland thing? Are we nope, doing this again? No, nope, we're going to keep this real short. Right. Uh, I think the fact of the matter is, I think Jordan Spieth is uh, definitely one of the top five favorites for Augusta. Real quick, Rex, a big name player who bowed out on Saturday, technically, was Roy McIlroy. Talked briefly with us, was not uh, in the best of moods, even though someone asked him uh, about his haircut. Uh, what's your level of alarm or concern? as it pertains to Roy McIlroy, 1 to 10? Uh, one. I mean, it's simply Oh, wow. One. Yeah, it's just I'm, I'm simply talk, not I'm, there. I'm not, talking, I'm not talking big picture. I'm talking with the Masters, would now one tournament start for him away. Less than one. Because Less than Masters, one? Because as he pointed out, that I, I could hear you scream through the door. We're not that yeah. far away. <laughs> and it, I think people on the 18th green could hear you scream. It's simply because, as he pointed out today, what, what he did driving-wise this week was not the concern. He talked about his driving. Everyone wanted to ask about his driving. The bigger concern is his putting because he didn't putt well. I think that's the bigger concern. I think he started with a double bogey, which is the way he started his week, and he decided, okay, I'm hitting this driver that he's clearly not comfortable with. Like we, We've talked about that. Like There's a driver in his bag right now that's not working the way he wants it to work. So he even mentioned it today. Like There's there's tons of holes over the last 36 that I should have hit three wood or five wood, or even maybe an iron, but he wanted to push it. He decided this was as good as place as any. And if you're going to hit it, well, that's fine. No, I have no issue whatsoever with his driver. His putting concerns me a little bit because I think last I looked, he was 141st in strokes game putting in this field, which is 144. So that to me would be the bigger issue, but 
this golf course is great. We've talked about it. You've had Fred Funkelit win here. You've had Phil Mickelson win here. You've had Rory win here. Like there is no rhyme or reason to this particular golf course. And you can get sideways, even a little bit sideways and end up going home very, very quickly. So no, the more con- interesting thing I thought he said this afternoon was he was asked what you and I have talked about. I think the last few nights about the idea being that there's so many things going on off the golf course that you've become the spokesperson essentially for the PGA tour. And you're sitting through seven hour policy board meetings last week at Bay Hill. It's got to take a toll on your game. And he admitted as much that, yes, I need to get this behind me. I need to become a golfer again. I need to focus on the golf, which was a little bit weird. I thought like for that narrative to pop up here, like he does not have a particularly great record, at TPC Sawgrass. Yes, he did win in 2019, but he also has six missed cuts now and 13 career starts. Like, had he made that 10-footer on the 72nd hole at Bay Hill, you could have been looking at a player who on March 11th is sitting here with with two wins on the year, right? Like Dubai, a, a, a Rolex Series event on the DP World mm-hmm. Tour, and then Bay Hill, a designated event on the PGA Tour. I think the narrative is totally different. We're not talking about board meetings and conference calls uh, and kind of all of the other responsibilities and burdens that he's taken upon himself over the past six to eight months. It, it felt like a, a, a little bit like an excuse. Um, he, he said it was kind of fair that that narrative and that storyline was out there. Uh, you, you may be less than one for your concern factor I mean, if Rory McIlroy wants to win one major championship this year, it is definitely the Masters. And I think Fair. it's indisputable that he is not playing his best golf now less than a month before the year's first major. He has a lot of betting in to do, as he likes to say. Uh, indisputable? It is indisputable he is not playing his best golf right now. No. I, you, the golf you he is playing right it, now. He played really, really good golf just last week at Bay Hill, a very difficult golf course. On this particular golf course that I would point out, he has a spotty different, record different test, here anyway. Different test that he's going to face. Wildly different test. National. Exactly. And he has a spotty record here. He's in the last three, three starts. You can't possibly gone, say Rory is playing better right He's gone. Miscut. Right as he was last August. Three, you can't miscut. say that. He's not doing I, I, anything better than he, is, than he was right now. There is nothing at TPC that's going to change my mind when it comes to Rory. Or really any player, because again, this is the type of golf course that you can end up in a really bad position very, very easily. I don't, I don't disagree with that. But he is doing nothing better right now than he was last August. Nothing. He's not driving it as well. He's not hitting it as close, and he's not putting and chipping as well. It looks like you're on location in a cave right now, <laughs> and it looks like you are in uh, the wine, wine cellar in Napa. Napa. Rex, who's the winner on Sunday at the Players Championship, and by how many? Uh, Rory, but not as many as we may think. I think it will get interesting. You think Rory? Game, but... You think Rory's going to win? He's going to come back right. from the dead. Rory, we we were we were we were caught in the in the Rory realm. It would be difficult with him missing the cut. Sorry, sorry, Scotty, but it's going to be a little bit closer than we think. I, I don't think he runs away with this by four or five strokes. Well, I agree with you. I think Scotty Scheffler by two. It'd be shots something if Rory did win this. That'd be awesome. It really would. Rory winning this, you getting duped uh, by fake accounts. On Twitter, this was... I remembered who told me that. It was a producer at ESPN. Like, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus. Hello, Mark Summer. Yes, talking to you, Mark Summer. (laughs) Well, we have very much enjoyed this, Rex. We will do our usual hour-long nonsense on Sunday night of the players. I think you're spending the night... An hour? uh, ...in Jack's Beach. Yeah, we have to. It's what the people want. It's what the people are asking for. Uh, But we have enjoyed these mini pods each and every night here at the Players' Championship. We appreciate you guys watching along listening along it has certainly been a blast thank you guys for listening this edition of the golf channel podcast 
with Braxton Lab. Make sure you go to golfchannel.com for all of our news and updates. And maybe, maybe you'll be blessed with a story from TV's Rex Hoggard on Sunday night. But probably not. Good night.